This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Hey, welcome everybody. Once again, turning to with Booney, I'm the executive producer of the Brett Boone Podcast, Rich Rare, along with the star that normally handles the anchoring duty on most days of the podcast. But this week on Fridays, I get to take over and put Booney on the hot spot. Brett Boone, how are you? Hi, Rich. I'm doing well. Uh, you're over in you're over in two. How hot is it right now? Where you're I, I live in Tucson, Arizona, and I think the high today is going to be 112. Because being a San Diego resident, it, it's been nice here. I can't complain. But when we get up to 84, you know how we get in San Diego, Southern yeah. Cal. It gets a little hot. Now I'm thinking when it's 84, I know in Arizona it's on fire. Anyway. I, I went swimming. I was just in Denver um, this week. And I went and saw the Rockies and the uh, – Rockies and the Astros, but the night before I left, I'm like, it's so hot. I got to jump in the pool. Eight is 1030 a night and the pool is 92 degrees. Yes, that is, so. that is uh, Arizona. I know people that live and reside in the Arizona uh, area. The, the answer is always, you get used to it. You get used to it. And for the people that don't live there, we never get used to it. No, so, but we get used to it here. Um, So let's talk about what's going on with Brent Boone. Cause we haven't caught up in about a week. Uh, we saw each other in Seattle, and then we haven't seen each other this week. So what's going on with Brett Boone? What's new and exciting in Brett Boone's life? I saw a tweet of Brett Boone with a little name tag on his shirt going somewhere. We had a little jury duty last week, Rich. It was uh, it was interesting. It, it's the third time I've done jury duty, probably in the last 10 years. Okay. Uh, never got to a trial. So I'm, I'm in there with the, with the 48 again. 48, there's 12 spots, three alternates. Uh, line of questioning, we went all day. Didn't okay, wait, let me back up for a second. I was set this up properly. Most people, when they get a jury summons, first thing they say is, how do I get out of this? And I'd oh. always be afraid if I was on trial, do I trust the 12 people that weren't smart enough to get out of jury duty? So what was your attitude when you went in? Well, I know the system now in California, and I know if I get out of it, which I can, anybody can get out of it. You call and you say, I've got this, I've got that. That doesn't stop the machine. They're going to send you another summons probably in a couple weeks, and <laughs> they're just going to keep coming. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go down there. I'm not going to make an excuse because I believe me, if I had an excuse uh, in that particular time, I just got back from the all-star game. That particular time, if I had an excuse, I would use it if it was legit, but I really didn't have one. You know, I could, we could move a few shows around. Wasn't that big of a deal. I get in there and I said, if I'm going to get released from this jury duty, I'm going to do it the right way, <laughs> right way. Damn it. And, uh, so when all did day, you want it? Were you willing to serve in the duty? Were you, of course, jury duty? I, I were you willing to, to do your civic duty? Yes, I'd rather get dismissed, but that being said, if I was called upon and naturally I was on the jury, I was going to do the best job I could. So got into the got into the jury, uh, talked to the judge for all day, and we figured at this point, oh. you know, some people were going to get dismissed, but no, right. she said, come back 930 tomorrow. And uh, but I've been on jury. Wait a sec, but I've been on jury duty before. You you sit in the box, right? Were you in the right. box? Yeah, sit in the box. You the get box. asked questions, right? They 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 line you up one through twelve, and then you have to introduce yourself well, and say, you know, who I am and what I do for a living. So let's get right. to. Can we play out? Can I be the judge? All right, uh, sir, uh, juror number two, tell us your name, state what you do for a living. Well, I was juror number twenty, but uh, okay, two juror number do. twenty. Uh, yeah, my name is Brett Boone, and I am a Odyssey insider, MLB insider. <laughs> no, you did not say that. Yes, what did you the say? Judge, that's what I said. 
I thought about it a lot. I I didn't know if I was going to go the retired route. Am I retired? And then uh, they just kind of proceeded to ask me, no, you're a baseball player. And I said, no, I was a baseball player. You said I'm Brett Boone podcaster. I, I said Odyssey Insider, Podcaster, MLB Insider, and the judge said, Brett Boone, you're a baseball player. And I said, no, I was a baseball player. Now I'm kind of a uh, semi-pro softball player. This was coming off the Seattle <laughs> Celebrity Softball game. Everybody laughed. And then, uh, you know, there were some baseball fans in the room. So it was weird. She started talking to me about what what advice I have for parents and kids at the youth level. And that opened up a can of worms. I said, you recruit parents, not kids. Let the kids be kids. I went into that whole thing. And everybody, it it was like, it was cool because the judge was, it's serious business. Uh, The defendant was in the room. But I think the judge, instead of putting this tension in the room, how serious everything is, she had a little bit of a personality and she wanted to kind of lighten the mood in a serious time. So the judge was great. And we just all had a, kind of time to get away from this serious questions and she was talking about youth baseball and I was kind of filling them in on what I thought about it it was cool it was a light moment so I went on for a few minutes and then you know passed it to juror 21 and now we're on to the next one so it was a whole process the next day I get called back in and eventually it came to the point where she said uh Mr. Boone uh you we've decided that this case isn't for you and I said your honor that sounds great I'm out of here and uh I left, but I, I did my duty. Uh, they can't get me for another three years. So, Are you I'm, glad you did it, though? I'm glad I did it. I'm sure three years to the day, I will get another summons in the mail saying you have jury duty. But three years, I'm clear. I did my duty. My son actually has jury duty on the 27th. And he said, Dad, I'm not going to that. I said, yes, you are. You're going to go and you're going to sit. You're going to go through the process. You probably won't get picked. I said, but you're going to do it. And then they... They won't bug you for three years, but you go through the process. It's not that we we do need. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm this holier than thou. Oh, I do my civic duty. But that being said, you do need people to sit on a jury as long as they, you know, and if you postpone it, which a lot of kids do. My, my son has a perfect example. You know, I'm I'm a student. I've got summer classes, this, that. OK, that's great. But then they're going to come back in three months and say, OK, jury duty again. Then you're going to have to come up with an excuse. So it, it's ongoing. I, I I think the better way is just to hit it head on, get it done, get through it. And there's a good chance they're going to put 50 people in the box. They only need 12, three right. alternates. Good chance you're going to get dismissed anyway. But you go you go down, you do your duty, you lose money for two days, and then you go home. Because they don't pay anything. No. They pay like 17 bucks a day. It costs me 30 to park. And to I, haven't park. Even, I haven't even had some coffee yet. No, so no, I it, did that because I was I got jury duty in San Diego. Uh Rich, same place. It's not a moneymaker. Right. It's um, definitely but, not a moneymaker. But it is nice though. Like I wanted to be on the jury. So I got called once for jury duty. It was during <clears> the baseball <throat> season, so I said I couldn't do it. I got called during the off season and uh, I got dismissed because my dad was a cop. And then the last time in San Diego I got dismissed uh because my son's uh uh, studying to be a, a naval officer, and it was a Navy guy who got into a fight, and they said, "No, he can't be, he can't be uh, non-biased." So I got kicked off of that one. But it is interesting when you hear people talk about it, uh, whether they want to do it and do the right thing or not, and then you get the judges that implore you that you know this is part of uh, the process of being in this country is we need you to do your civic duty. Right, and like I said, I'm not holier than thou. Oh, I do the right thing, but I, I think it. At the end of the day, it is kind of the right thing. You need jurors. Everybody has to, you know, take their turn in the barrel. And I did, and I'm free for three years. There you go. Uh, how many people recognize you? It's not like you and I are walking around in Seattle where we can't walk down the street two steps without somebody recognizing you. No, it's different. San Diego, it's laid back. Uh, you know, and you find that when you when you get away from being a major league baseball player for a while, you know, the farther, the farther out you get, my dad told me this farther out you get the less, less people recognize you. So, you know, in Seattle, that's one thing, you know, that's, I played a lot of years there and a lot of big moments for me in Seattle. So yeah, I'm pretty recognized when I go to Seattle, San Diego, I just kind of blend in once in a while, uh, a baseball fan will come up and, and recognize me and just shake your, you know, just want a handshake. And I find that farther you get away from the game, you appreciate that type of stuff. Whereas right. maybe, maybe in your heyday, you know, everybody was wanted a PC in, and it was kind of a, kind of a hassle. 
as you get older, it's like, no, you know, I, I look at it this way. Thanks for, for recognizing in my career. And I'm glad I, maybe for a brief moment, I gave you some joy in your life watching me play. So I think I, I look at it from, uh, it's very, it's a flattering thing. So yeah, once in a while, if I go out all day, maybe one or two people come up to me and talk baseball. And, and usually that's all they want to do. They want to say hi, they want to shake your hand. So no, it's not like I'm avoiding the paparazzi in San Diego. So once the judge said that though, then a lot of people put it together and then, you know, now you got half the jury wants to talk about youth sports and, and, and what their kids should, <laughs> what position their kids should play. So it's all good. Brett Boone, professional podcaster slash semi-pro softball player with a belt by the way where's the belt belt is uh well, haven't we 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 haven't we said enough about the belt <laughs> folks if you're watching on video he's got the belt right next to him however we do have the belt so yeah. this might be the last chance you get to see it but uh that's outstanding pretty cool pretty shiny pretty heavy oh like by the way what did your family say about the belt when you got it home they don't. Nobody cares. Nobody cared. Nobody cares. The kids. Yeah, my mom. At, my my cool. mom. My mom asked me about it, uh, just probably because I don't know. There was a there was a lull in the conversation. Well, she listens I, to the podcast, and she heard me make. Yeah, a big deal she saw about the it. belt. But to mom, it's it's no big deal. I would wear that around anywhere I went. I would play golf in that belt if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. Um. Speaking of the Boone family and your dad, uh, kind of cool. I saw on social media a couple cool posts. Um, Uncle Aaron, as we call him here on the Boone podcast, and his New York Yankees were in Southern California to take on Phil Nevin's Anaheim Angels, and you went up there. Your dad went up there, uh, and Matthew went up there uh, one day, and I saw the pictures of your dad and your, and your two brothers, and then you went up there this week as well to go see Uncle Aaron and Phil Nevin. Yeah, it was nice. I I kind of owed Phil a visit. I hadn't seen Phil in a while, and and because I've heard and, from people that you know Phil's like, hey, where's Booney? I haven't heard from him through the grapevine. Yeah, I I kind of owed Phil a visit, and uh, Aaron's coming to town. I don't get to see Aaron in person too often, so I went down yesterday. Went down early. Uh, you know, Dad was there. It's good. It's it's kind of cool having Dad in the room and talking. Just talking. It's I, I think it's good for Aaron too. Because the Yankees right now are having a tough time, a lot of injuries. A lot you know, of injuries. And he, he's kind of has his hands tied on on what he can do. It's like, and and I've tried to tell him, and it, easier said than done. When I'm sitting here from the outside looking in, but it is my little brother, and and of course I pay attention to how his his uh, trek is going, his 2023. And I know they've been riddled with injuries. You know, a lot of injuries that really just don't add. It, it's tough when you got your, your horses and your horses are down, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have on your chest, New York Yankee or not. It's like, you got what you got and there's only so much you can do. And I tried to, I tried to give them a little older brother advice. And I said, Aaron, at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. You put, you put your players in the best uh, light or, or place they can to succeed. And once the game starts, it's kind of, it's up to them and they it's not up to you. Yeah, but in New York, I understand that too. It's a tough, it's a tough racket. I mean, that's every day they're on you. If you don't win, they want your head. And if you know, there there were five or six games over five hundred, and they're, I mean, they're talking about the Yankees like they're they're the Oakland A's, right? You know, it's a tough animal. But you know what you're getting when you sign up, yeah. and and you want to be the. And I said this there in the beginning. You want to be the manager of the New York Yankees. That's a hot seat, but it's a pretty awesome seat. And I think he's done a hell of a job. But yeah, it was nice getting up there, getting to sit with Aaron for a little bit. He's running around doing his press stuff that he's got to do, the Zoom meetings and, and the pregame press conference. And went out on the bench, ca caught up with a few guys. David Cohn, uh, I got to see, I hadn't seen in a while, and that was nice. We're going to have him on the show. Oh, nice. Uh, Caught up with Michael Kay, who's been on the show and had a long discussion with him. Great that was guy. great. And that's why I go up, you know, to see guys that I don't get to see all the time. Guys from my past, teammates. Uh, Chuck Finley was up there. He's been on right. the podcast. And, you know, he's an Angel alumni, kind of an ambassador for the Angels now. So it was, it's great seeing him. So that's why we do these things. And, and we go up there. I got to go right across. You know, Aaron just got beat. 
two in a row by by Nevin's Angels. Angels, and then I go right across the the concierge to the other side, and I sit in Nevin's locker, and he's got a smile on his face, <laughs> looking looking at a sweep with the Yankees. What he end up getting? So, uh, you know, feels like another little brother to me. Uh, you know, I've got Aaron, I've got Matthew, and then there's Phil, who kind of right. grew up. You know, we went to school together, and he was two years my my uh, my junior. So he's and right it, between you and you and Aaron. Right. And it's kind of, he's kind of been like my third, my second little brother, Aaron, Matthew and Phil. So right. it's good to catch up with him and he seems to be doing well. Uh, so yeah. And then I went up to my other little brother, Matthew Boone and sat in his suite that he had for the, for the game and caught up with him and his wife, Krista. And uh, you know, my wife, Krista came with me. So uh, it was a great day. We'll watch oh, about I five. I didn't know that the Boone boys have wives with the same names, same name. Yeah. Wow. Krista Boone and Krista Boone. So <laughs> we had. I hope they don't uh, get their jury summons mixed up. That's right. Um, and uh, I had to, I headed home in about the fifth inning. The Angels were giving, were beating them down pretty good. I, I headed home in the fifth inning. It was a good day, well spent. What's it like though for you, your dad, <laughs> and uh, Aaron, just kind of sitting there in his office, just the three of you? Uh yeah, it's kind of. Busting chops, giving the giving the other one a hard time, and then it'll ping pong back to you. What I see, what I really like at this stage of my life is, uh, and Dad being seventy five years old, Aaron in it in in this great position he's in. I, I just like to watch them interact. I love seeing my dad light up when my dad's around the ballpark, and and he reminds me a lot of my grandpa at the same age. It's just, it's in him. It's what he's done his whole life, you know. And I look at my dad and I'm thinking, this guy's, this guy's been grinded since 1969, you know, all when he got drafted and first year in the big leagues in 72. And then a long 19 years in the big leagues. Then he went and managed and, and uh, was in the front office as a GM and then vice president. And, and he's done that pretty much from age 21 to present. And he's just recently retired and, uh, the stories and, and just to see the look on his face and, and to light up to get, you know, he's with his, both his sons. He gets to watch Aaron and, and how proud he is of Aaron and what he's, he's, a he's just so proud of his family, but it's really cool to just sit back and watch those two talk and, you know, and still give each other a hard time. And then I'll jump in the middle and I look to Aaron because, you know, they're, they're having a rough time right now. I look at Aaron. Right. I said, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> Can I help? And he just kind of looked at me and gave me that shut up, Brad. So, <laughs> no, I, I love getting to see him and uh, wish him the best. I got to get healthy. You know, you got to get right. Aaron Judge back in there. But uh, Phil seems to be doing well and they're in a battle. You know, I think they're four and a half out of the wild card now. So it'll be interesting to watch. I always got a special eye on on those two teams, along with the Mariners, along with the Padres here and, and uh, the various teams that shows we do around the country but uh you know i always have a special eye out for for those two and and manage how weird was yankees it? And, and angels how weird was it when phil and you call him duck was the third base coach for aaron so you got to see your two little brothers both wearing pinstripes right right then now you see your two little brothers managing against each other mm -hmm. that's gotta be surreal I mean, these well, two guys just follow you around. Not really, not really. I mean, no? Phil's Phil's been, you know, garnering the, a position, a major league uh, managing position for a lot of years, and and I think he should have been in the big leagues managing years ago. You know, it's not like it just happened overnight. Phil's been, he's been, you know, I use the term grinding, but he's been grinding for about twelve years now to right. get into this position. He's uh, he's one of my most knowledgeable friends. He loves the game. He's passionate about it. Uh, he loves his players, as does Aaron. They, as you can see in their personalities, they really back their guys. And and I just think he's a great baseball man. And I think it, it's been a long time coming for him to finally get a, uh, the top job. And he got that with the Angels. I think if you look at his ball club and, and the, the personnel they have, the situation they're in, Mike Trout being out now, uh, I, I think he's done a great job thus far you know you've got to so much is put in our society on these managers and oh just because you're this you should be no it, 
you, you got to understand, you got to have the horses. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Bruce Bochy, Joe Torrey, uh, Aaron Boone or Phil Nevin wrapped up into one with all the knowledge in the world. If you don't have the horses, you are not going to be successful. That's just bottom line, but talk radio, Twitter, they don't think like that. They think you lose. We hate you. You win. We love you. So, that's and, and that's what, that, and that's what sports is. And that's what makes the world go round. If we didn't have talk shows and, and things where we could debate and yell and be passionate about our sports, well, sports wouldn't be what sports is. You got the chance to see Shohei Otani again. We saw him in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You had a chance to see him in Anaheim again. And I'm, I'm now even more locked in after watching him standing next to him in the dugout, seeing the size of this man. Um, how crazy do you think the trade deadline hoopla is going to be for Shohei? I think there's going to be a lot made of it, but I don't think anything is going to come of it. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't think Artie Marino's in a position where he's even interested in, in trading his star away as a rental player for two months and then getting back into the, into the, you know, into the crux of it and the negotiations of it. I, I, I think it's too complex of a trading deadline acquisition. Yeah, I I think it's too complex. I I think it's so big that we've never seen it before. What is fair market value for that? What is fair market value for uh, Jason DeGrom and Mike Trout? Well, that's what you're getting with Shohei Otani. You're getting two players. Can I ever get market value for him? What is the going rate? And if I were to make that trade, how big of a promise do I have that you're going to give us a real fair shot at signing a long term? So I don't even think it's going to come to that. I think it's going to be the price is going to be so big that if the team that we're acquiring Shohei knew, okay, and with that comes the the promise that he's going to sign for 10 years, well, maybe, but he's not going to give that promise to anybody. So I think, the comp- I, I think the complexity uh, and the negotiations and the nuances are like none other we've ever seen. I don't think there's anything clear cut like for this player for two months. Uh, yeah, this is a fair trade. I, I don't. Th- I think the Angels would ask for the entire minor league system, and I think the the other team would say, "Well, what assurances do I have if it doesn't work out here? If I give away the farm?" So I I think there's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of excitement around it. Is Shohei going to go? Is he not? But in the end. I think it's going to be, he's going to be an angel no matter what. And that does. And and I think that that's just my opinion. Right. And that doesn't matter what happens in the next two weeks, whether the angels play great and, and get back into this wild card hunt or they don't play great. I think Shoei's there for the rest of the season, no matter what. Uh, I could be wrong. Check okay, it. So two weeks, so, we'll see. So how hard would it be to tell Shohei, I'd love for you to stay with us. I, I'd love to give you that $600 million and stay an angel. But then I, I think I think he's I think he's going to go out there. Right. Exactly. You're, can, you're can talking you resign about him after you deal him. I think it's to, in today's day and age. With the business. Proponent out there, I think Shohei and his people are very aware, and I think he could put his emotions on the side for that. I really right. do. I, I don't think he's going to be. Uh, he's got great representation. I don't think he's going to be disgruntled. He's going to know that business is business. I don't think it's going to change his mind one way or the other about how he feels about the LA Angels or living in the Southern California area. That being said, I don't think they're going to mess with it anyway. Like there's too many moving parts. There's too many unknown. There's no precedent in this particular case. So I I just think instead of getting into it, I think Artie Moreno is going to say, you know what, no matter what happens, Shohei's not for rent. We are not trading him, and I'm going to roll the dice, and hopefully I can roll out that red carpet and get something done this offseason. All right, so let me put you in the general manager suite for just a minute. Okay. What would you demand for Shohei? I, I don't know. Like I said, there's no precedent. But no, Is no, no. It, I, I, I'm, putting a, I'm putting you on the spot. I got to have a great uh, young uh, – I've got to have like a, a Julio Rodriguez – Type right. player, young. I need a Fernando Tatis. Correct. That's and he's a part of the deal, but I also Just need a part. Cu- right. I also need uh, your your best minor league prospect, 
<laughs> right. And your seventh best prospect. So I'm going to ask for the world. This is Shohei Otani. This is someone that we've never seen before. Because I'm getting two good. players in one. You're, you're getting the best pitch, one of the best pitchers in the world, and a man leading the, the league in home runs on pace to hit 60. We, we've never talked about anything like this before. So as a GM, I'm going to ask for the world and see what that tree shakes out. I had a caller the other day on CBS Sports Radio that threw out that he didn't like the fact that Shohei did both because he was afraid that if I have one guy that takes two roster spots, middle of the lineup slugger, front line pitcher, if he gets hurt, now I'm down two players. Do you buy that? I didn't buy it, but he was he was trying to sell it to me as hard as he could. I, I think that's a I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. Part of me. I'm in amazement of what I'm seeing. Yeah. But part of me as the. Because this is as close to being a fanboy as I've ever seen you. Yeah. Because I'm amazed. And but also a part of me that. The, uh, the I don't know. The cynic in me says it's almost too good to be true. Right. It's almost how long can this continue on? It's too good to be true. He can't be this good of a hitter, this good of a base runner, this good of a pitcher. Something's got to go wrong. It's too good to be true. We've never seen it before. There's a reason we've never seen it before. That's the cynic side of me. So getting two players, I understand that, guys. You, you kind of hedge your bet. You're paying $30 million for a great hitter and $30 million for a great pitcher. Shohei, he breaks. There's $60 million gone. Right. So I understand that. And how long can you keep it up? And in seven years from now, when Shohei's 34, 35 years old, is it reasonable to think he can continue to pitch at this level and hit at this level? And I think he set the bar so high that in our world, in the Twitter world, in the talk show world, if Shohei, say in two or three or four years from now, is just a 25 home run guy, 80 RBI guy, 275 guy, and a number two or a number three starter, uh, they're going to act like he has just fallen off the biggest cliff in the world and he is a horrible player. That's not the case. He has just set the bar so high that it's it's going to be tough. It's an unbelievable thing he's doing. It's an unbelievable world he's living in. But when he starts to go down, oh, what happened to him? What happened to him? He's just doing it at a world class level now, like normal. He's come people. back to the. He's, he's not back a to the regularly right. If anything short of a superhero, because he set the bar so high, is going to be a letdown for the average fan. And and not that they're doing it on purpose. It's just the bar's been set that high. Can I go? I'm going to go take you down this little rabbit hole if you don't mind. Because we're talking about Shohei Otani. So I did two shows last week and on CBS, uh, on the on the on the national radio network about Shohei, and I was just like, this guy's incredible. We've never seen this before, and I think we don't understand what we're seeing. And one of the topics I was going to get to, I didn't get to, so I'm going to do it uh, when I'm on next week, is what do you think we would have been saying about Babe Ruth if we would have seen him with our own eyes in real time? Well, I think that was the beginning. It was different. A hundred years hadn't gone by. Uh, 120 years, 130 years hadn't gone by of Major League Baseball. What would, what, what would Twitter say about Babe Ruth? If we were living in the moment, who's this fat guy eating hot dogs, smoking right. cigars, drinking and he's, beer? And he's, he's out homering uh, other entire teams. So right. I think he would be the lovable. Uh, he would be beloved. He would be John Daly of today. You know, John Daly there, is beloved. Yeah, only, be only in his heyday. Right. Would uh, there be haters? Would there of be course. Like, There's oh, always got to be. There's always got to be. But I, I would say, Babe, obviously I never met him, seems like the lovable character, seems like the John Daly, seems like the Charles Barkley. And I don't mean just from a, you know, this is the greatest player in the world. And he also happens to live life like John. I think uh, that's a pretty endearing quality to people. So I think for the most part, Babe Ruth playing in a modern-day Twitter society, I think, would be uh, loved around the globe. See, I disagree. I think on on Facebook, they would love him. Instagram, they love him. On Twitter, it's so toxic. I think people would complain. Look at this fat guy. Look at this. I think people would find reason to to bash Babe Ruth if he were alive and playing today or I, I don't think, Twitter I, way back then. I don't think on the on the big scale they would. You really, I, now, I, I'm sure there's detractors everywhere. You know, there's haters going to hate. 
Right. You can find a detractor to anybody. So haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Um, who needs Shohei the worst? If someone were to open up the vault, so I, I did this as well on the network. Yankees. We did um where would Shohei play and who were we to make the most impact? Yankees. He's going to make the most impact anywhere. He he changes the dynamic for the San Francisco Giants, who are who are right now in a playoff spot. And we didn't expect it. We expected the Padres. We expected the Dodgers. The Dodgers are there. The Padres are very disappointing uh, thus far in the season. He would change the complexity of the of the Giants clubhouse. Uh, he's pretty much going to change any clubhouse by him walking in there. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think that's a viable landing spot for him, but of course he would change that. I don't think there's a team in contention right now that he doesn't, he doesn't change uh, them going from one of the best teams in the game to world series favorites. I think any of the contenders at the top right now that you're looking at the Atlanta Braves, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros, uh, Name some other teams. He changes the dynamic. Choey goes to any one of those teams I just named. They're automatically the World Series in Vegas line, right? World Series favorites to win it. And Boone's whoever and Boone's he, whoever line. he goes to, whoever he goes to. Do you agree with that? And uh, would it be Boone approved? Get any him. of those teams he goes to? Yeah. Right now, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to say the Atlanta Braves to me are, the, uh, are if I had to put my Best money down, you force me gun to my head. I'm, I'm putting my money on the Atlanta Braves. Second, I'm going to put my money on the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, third, I'm going to put it on the Texas Rangers. But if any one of those teams gets Shohei, that switches, and they become the favorite. Who needs them the worst, though, in order to overtake the Braves? Do the Braves need them to hold everybody else off? Do the Yankees the Braves need, need them? The, the, the Braves need them least out of all those teams I've Okay. Been. I mean, put them on the Baltimore Orioles. Oof. I might even put the Orioles as the – as the World Series favorite, if you could get Shohei Otani right now. The Yankees are going right now with Aaron Judge. Now, this could all change. Aaron Judge could come back. Uh, Rodon could start throwing the ball well. Severino had a good outing his last time. Uh, the constant is Garrett Cole in that lineup. Herman's been on. He's been off. But you should throw Shohei into the mix. You get a healthy Aaron Judge back. LeMahieu has a good second half. Torres is, is kind of carrying the load right now. You put Shohei Otane in the middle of that rotation, and don't be surprised if the Yankees don't go on a run. So he's going to change the dynamic of any team he goes on. If he, if we were to go to the Yankees, if you were to go to the Angels right now, that's the type of team. Or maybe I don't automatically say, all right, now they're World Series uh, favorites. But to the any of the top teams right now, as they sit, they Baltimore Orioles, they become the favorite for me. Could you imagine the, the Yankee lineup of? Judge Stanton and Shohei Otani. Well, Shohei has has proven himself to be beyond a power hitter. I mean, he's right. become a good hitter. He's hitting three hundred. You know, that's what Judge did a year ago. It, it's over the top impressive that he hit sixty two home runs or whatever he hit sixty two, sixty three. He hit three hundred doing it. That's a different level when you hit three hundred with the damage. Right. Shohei's doing that. He's hitting three hundred with the damage. Stanton's having a tough year. You know, he's been on and off the IL. He's been injured. Obviously a, a capable player. Look at his career. Uh, at any time, Stanton can go on a two-week run where he hits 10 homers. So Yankees really desperately need that right now. I'm looking at two teams that would be interesting. The Houston Astros. You add him to that rotation. You add him to that lineup. So I just went, I just went and saw Dusty um, this week. Uh, against the Rockies, you add him in there with Bregman and Altuve. That team just looks lethal. If I put him in that lineup, the other one I think is going to be interesting. The Padres are all in, and they they've been so disappointed this season. I could see Peter Seidler and AJ Preller saying, "In for a penny, in for a pound. Go get me Shohei because this is our best chance to win uh, big with all we've invested." But you've got four. You've already got four two hundred million dollar players in the lineup, and you're going to add a, a six hundred million dollar player. If, how much money? If, how much money do the Padres have? <laughs> um, apparently more. But if they did it, if you just rented him, does that jumpstart your team and give you? Yeah, a but, all I got to yeah, get in the but, tournament. That's all I got to well, get in the tournament. Well, you got to. If the Padres were to be in, and in 
this ulterior universe, alternative universe, uh, which which we think they're actually even consider trading Shohei. Uh, some of those players are going to be gone. You, you might lose a Soto. You might lose a, a Tatis might be a part of a deal. Uh, so you're adding him. Um, yet, you know, all these scenarios are we're not taking any of their core players away. You're just adding Shohei. Now, if you're not taking any of the core players away from San Diego, oh, without a doubt, they're already one of the top pitching teams in the league. Um, offensively, the most underperforming team maybe I've ever seen. I think they're 13th or 14th in, in the league offensively with right. that lineup. Shohei adds a different dynamic. Takes the pressure off the the big four. And now you got the, the big one coming into town. So I, I don't know. I don't think that's a realistic scenario that he would go to San Diego. But it's fun to sit here and, and throw out hypotheticals. Well, I mean, J.P. Morosi, John Paul Morosi is the one who reported it first. And I think just to put it in context, if you're the if you're Artie Moreno, you have to entertain offers. You can't just say we're not going to trade him because somebody somebody's going to overpay. Right. I don't think he's going to. I mean, you always listen. Everybody's always got listen. a price, right? Everybody's got a price, right? Everybody. And if somebody's willing to overpay me, right? Then I'll. No, listen. I, I think being a businessman, Artie, obviously, <laughs> he's got some experience in the business world. He's of course, he's going to listen. Uh, of course, he's going to listen. But I think really in his heart of hearts, he's not even considering trading it. Unless something came into the table where like, what did you offer? Big that go. type of thing. Anything beyond that. Uh, and I don't think anybody's going to do that. Just my just my feeling. I do think, though, when we get to Nashville for the winter meetings, you're going to see that. That somebody's going to panic. And we're talking $600 million, I don't think that's going to be enough. I think somebody's going to panic and overpay what everybody else. They're going to offer $25, $50 million more than everybody else. They're like, wow. That's the last person I thought was going to get Otani, and I think that's that's what my crystal ball that's what my crystal ball says we're going to see. Could could be. Boy, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, let's All get right. to a couple of things. All right, um, we're done with Shohei, and we're done Shohei. with my belt with my belt for a while. I think the the no no we're going to talk about Shohei because it's going to get hotter next week. I'll leave <laughs> right. the belt oh, out. All right. All right. Can I leave borrow the belt? The, belt? the belt's done. You can borrow it. Yeah, belt's done. Okay. It's run its course. It's fun. My little, my puppy, when I go out in the public, is my belt. We're going to put that on ice for a while. We have not paid enough attention on turning two with Boonies with uh, what Boone's been watching because we had so much that we had to get to from Seattle. Bunch of new stuff. Bunch of new stuff out there. What is Booney watching? Well, I finished up. I don't know if I mentioned this on the, on the, on the program, but I finished up with the old man. I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Absolutely phenomenal, and you'll be... What's the premise of that show, by the way? You tried to explain it to me, and I cut you off last week. It's the story of an old man that was deep-rooted into the government. Uh, And years ago... Well, I can't give it away. Years ago, something happened. Now they're interested in finding him. He doesn't want to... Was he a spy? Was he part of the government apparatus? Uh, Yeah, they help him get out of of the government. Okay. They helped him get out of this said country and now they're going wait a minute something happened when he was there I, i'll i'll ruin the premise okay. but you'll be amazed so it's lots of intrigue right the name of it is the old man you'll be amazed in the end who the old man is okay that's the only teaser i'll give you really good uh jack ryan season four i'm a huge jack ryan fan wasn't a fan of of him in, in the office oh you and didn't I'm like say- him as jim no, but I said Jim's going to be this stud FBI guy. I'll tell you what, he is. He he plays the role, and he pulls it off. I think he's great. I've watched three seasons of Jack Ryan. Love it. Season four, I was looking forward to it. Got to admit, not my favorite season. Now, really? I'm on episode it's three. Early, or four. Yeah, I'm on episode three or four. It's getting a little bit better, but I remember in past seasons of Jack Ryan, like, oh, we got to watch tonight. We got to watch Jack Ryan tonight. And now I'm kind of. Hey, you, you know, Krista says, you want to watch the show? And I say, ah, fine, if you want to. So the old man, it was, you know, once I get on a show, Rich, I, I'm. No, I'm you follow feverish. all the way through. and then Right. So the old man, I was like, oh, we got to watch the old man tonight. We got to watch it. With Jack Ryan, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. So I'm not. Season four is not my favorite season. Nevertheless, quality. Does it have a chance to have. It's a... on. It's on Amazon. Right. Um. What Rigney, my son Rigney told me one the other day, Extraction. Have you seen Never that? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. All right. Check it out. One, one at a time. Good. One at a time. Except for the 
ones that come up for the next season that I've watched in the past. Uh, White Lotus example. If they're right. going to have a third season, I'm always looking for that. So if I'm watching one and White Lotus comes in, now I'm watching two. But when I don't have any any new seasons of a past show I've watched, I concentrate on one at a time. So right now I'll get through Jack Ryan, then I'll go out and I'll find another one. Um, you said you didn't like Jim in the Office. Did you like the Office? I really didn't. Okay, I'm I'm one of the few. I've got an Office shirt. I go to the gym. People look at my Office shirt. I don't even know what it says. They go, "Oh yeah, I love the Office too." And I go, "I don't, but I got this shirt given to me." But I do like Jack Ryan. But you never worked in an Office, so I don't know if you get no. half the half the humor. Right. Well, come on. I'm pretty sharp. I get I get the humor about anything. But no, I'm did just you not see a big th- fan. Did you see Thirteen Hours? No. See, you need to see Thirteen Hours because Jim Halpern. Jonathan uh, Krasnicki was in 13 Hours, the Benghazi story. And you right. for, you watch him, and like I, I said the same thing. Like, dude, I don't want to see Jim. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, deal. though. You know what? Maybe if I go back and rewatch The Office with an open mind, maybe I would enjoy it. So I don't want to sit here and hate on The Office. Obviously, it's a hugely popular show. Right. Evidenced by my people coming up to me when I have my office shirt on. <laughs> and I forget I'm even I forget I'm even wearing it. And they'll stare at me and I'll be oh. like, hey, that shirt's great. And I'll look at it. And like, oh, yeah. Office shirt. OK. Another office fan. So I know there's a ton of fans out there. By the way, I'm kind of sick of the comments that I've been getting after Seattle. About you. What is that? Somebody told me. That. Brett Boone looks like he rolls out of bed and his hair is already perfect. Well, I'm a hair guy. I just, I said, don't, I'm, I can't tell him that because his head well, will get bigger than mine. And I wear a well, cap. It's really not that big of a compliment. They're talking about how you comb your hair. Now, no, they, they said, no, they, they said, said, you look, oh, perfect. if you looked that good, just roll about. No, you know me, Rich. I'm vain. I, 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 uh, I, I primp for pair to go out to the I know, public I, I get that. I am trying to I'm trying to keep as much as I can at 54 years old but I'm a hair guy I'm a hair freak like a lot of my buddies and I respect this a lot about friends of mine where they don't they get up and they look good and they don't really worry about stuff that's like, they what don't they're care. trying to say about you they don't care about their hair where I'm behind the scenes like man if you know I talk to you about it I talk to your wife Liz about it all the time and she's always I'm like oh Liz I don't know I think I have a bigger lead up to a haircut than any grown man I know and it's kind of embarrassing now I'll let it out here because really at this point in my life I really don't care <laughs> but I'll tell you I'm going to get a haircut it's like a it's like leading up it's a week like what am i going to yes. get a cut i i can't tell you how many times i call i make a reservation for a haircut let's say tuesday at two and my girl who who cuts it every time it's a super cuts girl she's got me you, down at two and i'll, I'll catch wait, myself wait, hold, in the, hold, hold on hold on what where do you go get your haircut super cuts how much do you pay uh, whatever the going rate is 27 if you get a shampoo i think it's 31 something like that i got wait a coupon a i always buy you just go to a regular store. Yes, like you don't need, a, you don't need anything. Beings? You don't need anything better than that. But let me get back to my story. This is good. Tuesday, and anyone that's around me, my wife, uh, my mother, you ask Aaron, Matthew, you ask them this question. My dad, he doesn't even deal with it. Because my dad is a guy that, you know, I, I look at him and he just pops his pops. And he's yeah. classically handsome. And he's just, he doesn't really care. No. He gets up in the morning, combs his hair. He looks good. I'll yeah. say, Dad, come on, tuck in your shirt. and look at me like, shut up. I re- There's a part of me that really envies that. Like, yeah. he just He's really doesn't, get, he doesn't give a crap. Right. Guys go get haircuts. and like, oh, I just got to get a haircut. How'd it come out? Oh, it's fine. I Whereas I'm to. like, wait a minute. All right. I got a haircut Tuesday at 2. It's Sunday night, and I'm getting ready to go somewhere, and I'm going. My hair kind of looks okay. I, I don't want to risk getting a cut. So I've come to the conclusion when I just can't put up with it anymore, I look in the mirror and I just can't comb it right. It, now it's time for a haircut and I won't be, I won't be distraught over the results. I find that longer hair is easier to maintain. You can't, you can't go wrong with longer hair because if, if they don't give you a good cut, you just trim it a little more and it's a good cut. Short hair, it's complex. You've got to have a good cut and then you've got to repeat the good cut. 
every three weeks to get that. And, and it seems like just give me the same cut you got three weeks ago. The best barbers I've ever seen in the world. They cannot replicate that cut three weeks ago. But just your girl a, it's super, impossible. Your girl in supercuts can't. She does as she's the she does as good a job as she can every time. I never come out of her chair going, wow, that looks like a great haircut. But I never get out of the chair saying that's a bad haircut either. So I'm I'm going to take my win and move on. Okay, so Riggs came home. My son came home three weeks ago for mm-hmm. Fourth of July. We went to go get haircuts, and he left it long on top. I said, "Dude, you got to cut short." He goes, "No, it looks good right now." I said, "Yeah, but you got to cut your hair maybe a little bit shorter right now so it looks good in two weeks." It's all Booty, in the eyes. Booty's every it, three weeks, and everything has to be perfect in the eyes of the beholder. It always is. Everybody's always got advice for you when it comes to the hair. Oh, it looks fine. It'll it'll grow out. Now there's a it, you need it to grow out at the right time in the right. It, it's a whole thing. That's why I said I'm a little a little weird about hair, and and I like to come off as that guy that really doesn't care. Hey, I'm here, but really, there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> I can't believe that you go to Supercuts. I, I thought do. you would go to some fancy place in San no, Diego. No, uh, I'm not fancy, Rich. I as thought you'd go I'm... to some fancy salon in San Diego where they put a they put a cape over you and nope. people are rubbing your feet and giving you a massage while you're getting nope. a haircut. There's certain things in life I I, I like and I I, re, I refuse to not live without. But there are certain things that I'm pretty simple. And I'm, I really, I'm surprised. It really doesn't bother me. As long as I've known you, I'm surprised. Would you get your hair cut in the clubhouse by the barbers? Yeah, I used to. Okay. I used to. Yeah, in, in Seattle, I used to have uh, the girl that cut my hair. She'd come in every three weeks. We had a barber chair and everything. Wow. I, see, I go to a barber. What do I spend? It probably shows. Probably I, 17 I, bucks now. Yeah, 17 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 17 bucks. I tip them 10 well, bucks because I really like yeah. them. Super cuts, 27. It's 29. hard. Is a man. It's hard to find a good barber when you, you know, because you can't, I can't walk up. Hey, Booney, I really like your hair. Where do you go? You you You, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. If you really don't, if you really see, those are the things I really don't care about. Like I I like having the good persona, like, oh, he just doesn't care, but I do. And if I see a good cut on a buddy of mine, where'd you get that haircut? I want mine exactly like that. Oh, I went over here and I would try it out. Sure. So is that Boone approved asking your buddies, hey, I like that shirt. I like so the other thing yes, a lot, without a doubt. Without so a the doubt. other thing I've been hearing a lot is darn Booney looks like he's in playing shape. Booney must be working out. Booney looks great. I'm like, oh, okay, please stop. No, look at him. He's got a nice tailored shirt. Pants look great. Booney looks put Booney looks awesome. All I've heard for two weeks since we got back from Seattle all is how good pa- you look. All part of the program. It's not, it's all premeditated. You it's know, part of the eating boiled right. chicken and vegetables. And lighting's everything. That's what Richie Sexton, good buddy <laughs> of mine, told me. Booney, lighting's everything. And now here's a guy that really I look to as he does not care. But we we're taking pictures one time because you know lighting's everything. So I use it all That's the time. Funny. And every time people are taking pictures, I go, you know, lighting's everything. Well, and the, and Rick- the people that are real photographers, they go, you're right. It is everything. <laughs> you, know, you know what Ric Flair says, don't you? What? You know, the nature boy? Rick Flair says tan fat looks better than pale fat. It's a good call. And That's he did it call. for a living. He did it for a living. All right, finally, uh, Boone approved. You ready? You don't know this. I, I haven't given you any hints on this or anything. You ready? Right. Boone approved. Wearing. So we saw this in Seattle and I saw this in Denver. Saw a lot of people rolling into the Rockies game wearing a jersey from the Denver Broncos or wearing a jersey from the um, uh the Nuggets since they won the NBA championship mm-hmm. or uh, walking in wearing uh, uh, different cities gear. Boone approved going to a baseball game and repping your city and not your team. In other words, is it cool for a Mariners fan to go wear to a, a Mariners Seahawks. game, root for the Mariners and wear a Seahawk jersey? Absolutely. Fans are fans. They, they're what make the game and definitely approved. Yes. Without, without a doubt. It- how about mixing and matching? Can I wear a Seahawks jersey and a Mariners cap? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm a big proponent of the fan and how important they are. They're what makes our game go round. 
And I'd appreciate it if you come to the Seattle game that you wear a Seahawk. You know, don't come to a Seattle game and wear a Charger jersey. Right. And the thing is, if you do, so what? You're a Charger fan. You're still a fan that's and, here and to see us. You're still here to watch us play. So I'm happy. But I love <laughs> I love that you're repping the Seahawks or you're wearing a Mariner jersey at the Seahawk game. I think that's cool. Yes. Should you be a fan of your town or can you mix and match? Meaning you guys grew up in Jersey, well, which is part of Philly. Oh, so, Philly's Philly's an animal. It's you're automatically when you when you live there or born there or raised there, you're an automatic Philly, Flyers, Eagles, Sixer fan. Automatic across the board. Whereas other cities, it's not always like that. You know, in, in San Diego, when the Chargers were here, ah, there weren't that you might be a Padre fan, but not a Charger fan, and vice versa. Uh, you go to the you, you go to Chicago. If you're a Cubs fan, doesn't necessarily mean you're a Bears fan or vice versa. In Philly, you're a fan of all four. It's kind of on your birth certificate. That's just the way it is. So different cities, <laughs> different fan rules. I like it. All right. That's going to do it for the podcast. A couple things to remind everybody. Please, please, please listen. The podcast has just taken off. And, and we want to thank Mike and everybody at Odyssey for making this incredible uh, jump since we've come over to the Odyssey platform. So a couple things. Please remember to download the Odyssey app. Or if you find us on Apple or anywhere else you find us, make sure you leave a rating. Make sure you leave a review because that's what helps the podcast and gets in the algorithm so other people can discover the podcast. Share it with your friends. Uh, it really, really helps us grow this podcast because now, Boney, I will tell everybody, um, as executive producer of this thing, uh, now we're getting people that are actually being offended that we haven't had them on the podcast. And we're getting guys actually calling going, hey, can, can I come on the show? Wait in line. I'll let you know. <laughs> Sean I'll McDonough, you know. we're getting you to come on the podcast. Sean, I want Sean. I Haven't want I want uh, I want Petros and Money on the podcast from LA. All right. Uh, so we're going to we're going to we're going to start adding more people onto the podcast as well. So uh we thought we'd throw that out for you, but please again, um download, share, review and uh tell all your friends about the podcast. We'd appreciate. It. By the way, we have something exciting coming up post All-Star game. We'll probably just just a tease. We'll tell you about it next week. Um, something kind of cool with Brett. That's called a tease, Brett. I'm just telling them to get ready because we'll make some big announcements coming up here pretty soon. Well, you got to tell me when that big announcement is. So, so then I know. Well, as the executive is. producer, I'll give you the cue card and, and then we'll read it. All right. All right. That's <laughs> it. And that's it for the podcast. Thank you guys very much. Uh, coming up next week, who do we have? Uh, we got Edgar Martinez and. We've got Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod's coming in-house, in so uh, it'll be a good week. And then, obviously, like we do each and every week, we'll finish up with a turning two with Booney. But I'm excited. Edgar and and Alex, uh, teammates. Edgar kind of Alex's mentor as a young player. Uh, but Alex, it, it, I haven't seen Alex. I saw him at the All-Star game, and we, we shook hands, didn't get to talk much. Um, interesting. What a life he's led. One right. of the greatest players in the history of the game, not always recognized that way. I played against him. Uh, different animal, different level. Of, uh, and he doesn't do a lot of podcasts. He doesn't do a lot of these. No, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about shooting it with Alex, but uh, equally so. Catching up with my buddy Edgar, one of my favorite of all time. Uh, always fun to talk to the original poppy. Not big poppy, the original poppy, Edgar Martinez. Folks, see, if you've been with us for the three years we've done the podcast or you've joined us over the last three years, those are the kind of guests that we have coming up on the show. And Brett kind of buries lead. Oh, yeah. Um, Hall of Famer uh, Poppy is coming on and, and A-Rod. That's the kind of stuff we give you every week. So we thank everybody for joining us here on the podcast. Appreciate it. We will catch up with you next week. For Brett Boone, I'm the executive producer, Rich Herrera. We'll talk to you next time right here at Turning to the Boone. See you. See you, everybody.